Hi, a very warm welcome to the Unshakable Resilience Podcast Leadership Series. I'm your host, Krishna Ruparelia, and I'm so deeply honored to have you here today. In this show and community, you will find transformational insights into the strategies adopted by influential leaders in how they are cultivating leadership agility to survive and thrive in the new normal. Stay tuned to discover what leaders are doing in navigating change with a particular focus on well-being and resilience. Today, my guest is Jantana K.M. Prakam Roy, the CEO of Tapoli UK, the award-winning insurtech company providing on-demand business insurance for SMEs and freelancers. Welcome, Jantana. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you once again for coming on my show. And I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about you, the business that you're in. But it would be wonderful for you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Hello, everyone. It's Jantana here, as Krishna mentioned. I'm the founder of Tapley. We are um, the award-winning insurtech platform that are based in the UK. We provide technology solutions as well as flexible insurance products for micro SME and freelancers here in the UK. Wonderful. I would really be keen to understand, Jantana, what are the three main changes that have come about as a result of the pandemic and COVID? If you can outline for us what some of the changes have been. Yes, I think, you know, like one of the major changes is in our operation, probably. We used to have an office. So now we've gone from having an office to uh, working remotely, 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's working really well. So from the operational side, we are so set, you know, to work remotely now. But certainly we have seen some of our customer or at least some of our renewal. We have lower renewal last year because a lot of our customer have either beat their business on idle or you know, like it's impact small businesses a lot more than medium-sized business. So mm-hmm. therefore, we see a lot of changes in the risk of our customer. The other thing is investment and partnership. Generally, you know, like a couple of years ago, the market seemed to be more kind of stable and there seemed to be more opportunity. But now the investment is taking the investor a little bit slower to make decisions in terms of, you know, whether they want to invest. We've seen some early stage VC now changing their strategy to invest in more established company, for example. So we've seen, you know, kind of less, although there are more funding, uh, other alternative funding available for small businesses, but the actual VC money kind of being put on hold. But having said that, I think, you know, like this year, the investment is coming back now. The investors are more relaxed about the investment that they make. Um, Mm -hmm. So we see very early signs of people willingness to look at businesses that are not as mature. Whereas, you know, in the last two years, we find investors just you know, stand still. The, the entire VC community is just waiting to see what happened during COVID, who's going to be the winner and who's going to be the loser. Yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing that. And what I'm hearing from you is that there's been this 
reluctance of risk, right, of taking risk. And people are sort of, yeah, watching what is going on with the world and the climate and the context and how do we respond. And I think because there's been so much uncertainty, I think people have, you know, just been very reluctant to make decisions, right? What about internally then moving from an office to hybrid working? Were you all working in a central location pre-COVID? Yes, exactly. We were based near Ogit East Station. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now we just, um, you know, working from home. How has the business found the transition from the office to working from home? Many people working from home have found that the boundaries have become blurred. How have you maintained employee engagement as it's much easier to create trust with the employees in one location than when they are dispersed across a home environment? Yes. Um, You see, I don't do micromanaging anyway to start. A lot of our process or we work based on the uh, specific tasks that individuals need to do. So each day they will be assigned, you know, the number of tasks that they need to complete within the day, depending Mm -hmm. on, you know, whether they are in IT, sales or other departments, for example. So I know exactly what my team had to do. There are tasks that need to be done daily. There are tasks that need to be done monthly and some just on an ad hoc basis. And mm-hmm. all of the tasks that the company need to do on a daily basis is assigned to someone with mm-hmm. deadline. And we've got, you know, task management tool that manage all of that. So from the management perspective, you know, everyone know what they need to do. We don't mm-hmm. have to manage them. I only need to manage the task to see, you know, like if there are any delay, then we've got weekly meetings that uh, everyone can report back on, you know, their progress on mm-hmm. the task. Mm-hmm. And if there are any issue with some of the project that we're working on, then I get to hear all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very as easy as that. I think, you know, like when it's come to managing, you don't have to overly complicate things. Having said that, there are, you know, like some department, if you sell department where you actually need, where you recruit a bunch of introvert that mm-hmm. require other in the room to help them generate ideas and bounce their, you know, kind of idea off someone, then the virtual uh, meeting is equally effective, I find, personally. Whether that would be effective to the client, because we find that trying to get clients' availability and talk to them over the phone or get, like, a room of management team to talk to each other and make decisions is harder now than it was when you can you know have that face-to-face meeting because mm-hmm. when it's face-to-face it's easier people talk and then the deal could you know you can get things done quickly mm-hmm. but now just to trying to organize a meeting it could take you know several weeks before you you can get together so mm-hmm. in that respect you know like within our team we don't have problems mm-hmm. and we've got like every single process tech and the right approach to allow people to work remotely Mm -hmm. and that perform is managed by task which is much better I think you know but I know that not every single department can have task base because Mm -hmm. not every single work could be easily defined by task Mm -hmm. Um, but even then you know I would try because I'm a logistician so I'd love things to be follow certain rules I Mm -hmm. like um, framework (laughs) Of course. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for that. What are your employees reporting in relation to stress? Well, I wish I stressed my colleagues more, to be honest. We have this very relaxed policy. Most of our deadline can be moved 
And most of our deadlines are set by individuals who would perform that task themselves so mm-hmm. that they are responsible for, you know, kind of measure how long they would take to do that task. And then we will, you know, kind of benchmark with the average of, you know, like if someone else is doing this task, it should take them about two days. So if someone come in and take it, you know, half a day to do that, we know that they're being efficient with what they do. Mm-hmm. Provided there's no mistake, of course. But mm-hmm. that's basically how we kind of measure over time. So in this way, over assigned tasks, people mm-hmm. get stressed when they either, you know, like being assigned too many tasks that they can't manage mm-hmm. or assigned tasks that are too difficult for their level, and we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And if we were to assign tasks that are a little bit, you know, kind of too difficult, we mm-hmm. would always follow with training. We mm-hmm. don't just, you know, throw things at people and expect them to do it. I got my own kind of process and methodology when I do something and I take the same approach and train other people. So mm-hmm. first of all, I need to know exactly what I need to do. So I need to understand my, my task clearly, I mm-hmm. need to when I need to deliver it and how I need to deliver it. And then at the back of it, you know, like I may need some resources. I need to get access to all my resources. I need, you know, like tasks, you need to describe it very clearly at the task, you know, like it's easier. Um, you just look at it and you know how to do it. So mm-hmm. it depends on the task. And we also train people depending on their level. For mm-hmm. junior level, we may be more hands-on. And mm-hmm. for more senior level, we just give them the definition of the task. And then they can go and, you know, like deliver it on, on, um, on that. So, yes. It seems to me that you have a very clear process and everyone in your business understands the tasks they are allocated and they are able to complete it. If they are not able to complete it, then you provide them with the level of training that they need. What about mental health? Because mental health is a really big topic right now, right? And the research has shown that because of COVID, you know, a lot of people in the workplace are suffering with mental health challenges. So how has your business addressed that? I think most of my team members have someone at home, either, you know, housemaid or family that they can talk to. We don't actually have, or at least nobody have raised this uh, as a concern to me anyway. Everyone seemed to be very happy. We mm-hmm. always start our meeting with, how are you today? You know, like just mm-hmm. what you said to me as well. So, yeah, it seems everyone is very happy. And I find personally, I love to work from home mm-hmm. because, you know, I get, more things done during the day and I can do more things I can you know I have more hobby now than I I was able to do before Mm -hmm. COVID. so -hmm. that you know it somehow made me feel more happy because I'm more balanced yeah I I have that kind of work-life balance now that I can do other things other than work Mm -hmm. but of course I love my work so I am not complaining Life is no doubt busy for you, right? And you founded Tapoli in 2016, so very recent. Many leaders find they are juggling personal lives along with their professional lives. How do you create balance so you can respond to the challenges in a calm and centered way? I think it starts with mindset. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I tend to uh, operate at a more positive energy level. So Mm -hmm. the first thing I think about, I focus more on things that I can do, focus Mm -hmm. on possibility, focus Mm -hmm. on the positive type of business as Mm -hmm. opposed to think about, you know, what could happen and um, things that I can't do. Mm -hmm. So therefore we, you know, in our company, I've always, you know, kind of asked my team to focus on the solution and not problems because Mm -hmm. problem without solution, it just 
you know, noise. It's a lot mm-hmm. of um, so that's kind of, you know, from the working ethic. But other than that, I would only do things that I love. And mm-hmm. I love to add value. Obviously, you know, I set up the company to add value to other people. And mm-hmm. that itself aligned to my personal value. And mm-hmm. that's why it's, it's that feeling of being in harmony with who you are and the, mm-hmm. business, the business that you build. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that culture that allow people to um, be themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like we want everyone at Tapli to feel like they can be themselves and we will not criticize them. We mm-hmm. will not stereotype them mm-hmm. and we will let them be. Um, so that's how we, you know, like would like to encourage everyone to to be out there. Um, and that started with me, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm a little bit cautious because... Um, you know, I didn't realize I was introvert until, um, you know, like during COVID, I have more time. So I tested it because mm-hmm. I thought, hang on a minute, how come that I'm not frantic? Like, you know, like other people at this point, I don't meet anyone for two years. I haven't been on holiday, but I'm actually quite happy about it. Then I start to kind of, you know, like is raised question, what personality type am I? You know, am I really extrovert? Because everyone thought I'm extrovert. Even I thought that I'm extrovert. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I cannot be more misunderstood. Um, yes. So, yes. Oh, thank you. So I want to unpack a couple of things. I love what you've just said. So the listeners, uh, please do listen. You said that a problem without a solution is just noise, right? Because you know, wherever we are in the world of work, whether we're a startup or whether we're working for large corporates, there are various different problems in a business that we often have to unravel and fix, right? And, you know, it is really necessary to keep that mindset of let's be really solutions focused about it and let's not dwell on the problem. But I love what you've just shared, you know, that you allow your teams and individuals who work for you to be who they are so how do you create that trust in the workplace um first of all i do not like gossip so you know like nobody should come to me with gossip because they will get nothing back but criticism (laughs) and take responsibility this means no blame no Mm -hmm. gossip and also, you know, like when we do something, I want people to be accountable, responsible. And we've got very good way to measure everyone because we operate on a task basis. So we know exactly what people need to do. We know how long they should take mm-hmm. uh, and what they should be delivered. So it's very easy when you have that. But I know it's harder uh, said than done because in order to, to be able to do this, you actually need to know every single aspect of your business. Mm. And not only to like the level that I can do those tasks myself. Yes, the benefit of being a founder and you have, you know, I work my way up. I did everything myself. Every task that other people are currently doing for me, I have done them myself. So I know how to do things. Absolutely. And I love, you know, what you just shared about really recognizing how you get your energy because you're very similar to me, actually. I'm also an introvert. And yes, I love socializing. And when people look at me, they they think that, oh, she's a very vibrant, you know, (laughs) very animated person. But I also really like my own time and just being away from an office I'm okay with it you know like I have my home office I'm okay with it I think connection is still very important. I'm curious to check in with you Jantana that for people that need an injection of energy and get that energy from an office environment the banter the corridor conversations the coffee catch-ups 
How are you managing connecting and still keeping them motivated? Because it's easy for us, right? We prefer and we're quite comfortable in working in solitude and behind closed doors. Yes, I think internally uh, within Tapoli, we've got staff party. So we do that twice a year. Mm-hmm. Obviously during COVID, we couldn't meet up. But, you know, like Christmas time, summertime, we will have that. Um, and then when we have an office, it was easier for us to just go into the local pub. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that culture is now become something in the past now because we just, you know, everyone's working from home remotely now. But I suggest, you know, everyone else who needs some people contact, then they can start building their own network. It could be, you know, business network that they can go to and sign up now, now that a lot of events started to operate as uh, business as usual. So we see a lot more uh, events coming up. That would be something that they can uh, participate. I love networking events. So that's, you know, like I spend most of my time going to places, connecting with people. And of course, meeting friends, you know, like if you are one of those people that don't like to be on your own, then you have the whole weekend to plan. Mm -hmm. And you encourage that. Yes. Uh I want them to have. It's important for people to be happy. It's not important for them to spend hours in the office. And the reason for that, because I don't care about the hours. I only care about their productivity and what Mm -hmm. they have produce is always resolved if someone can do something in half an hour when normally they would spend two hours hey i'm happy for them yes there's no need to penalize people for being proactive mm. and you know like it doesn't mean the more quickly they do things the more we're going to add on stuff it's not really my policy i'm very fair you know i know the level of task and how long things should take anyway and mm-hmm. if someone doing something quicker then that's their bonus, you know, they can go off and do something. But I want everyone to have that flexibility because mm. I needed it. I mm. need flexibility in my life. And if someone else needs it, it's all for the taking. You know, it's so refreshing to hear that many organisations are moving away from regimented structures of a set working pattern and really focusing on output and productivity, which is what matters in the end. I also wanted to explore your values further. Please, can you share with the listeners your own personal values and how they are translated into the business? Obviously, hardworking is one of them. Growth is another, you know, constantly learning is um, another one. Add value. I believe that everywhere I go, I should contribute. Everywhere I go, I should make things better, not worse. These are the kind of the three values. And responsibility is important. And that means that I don't blame, you know. I don't, when things go wrong, I don't look around to see who else I can shout at. Mm-hmm. I always reflect and to see whether I can do things better. Mm-hmm. As a CEO, I'm responsible for everything. Even if I'm not directly, I am responsible for the oversight of that process. Of course. So there's no one else to blame but me when things go wrong. So therefore, you know, like this kind of my core value, integrity is one of them, by the way. Uh, logisticians, it's come with a personality type. My word is as good as gold. And that's why I'm always kind of hesitant. I don't like to promise people because I don't like to disappoint people. Mm-hmm. I rather say no and then, you know, I don't do things properly. So I would always try to keep my promise. And often I would do it. Yeah. Wonderful. 
Wonderful. How do you manage your own mental well-being? What about if the pressure mounts up or you have a down day? How do you manage that? Uh, like any introvert, I would internalize my thought. If I have problems, I would be less likely to go out and meet people. I probably would be in a quiet room trying to think about how I'm going to solve my own problems. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. I don't wish out as much and I don't like to ask people for help. And that's something I need to learn, you know, like how to gratefully ask people for help without mm-hmm. feeling like oh, I'm a burden mm-hmm. or I don't want to bother people because my value is to add value, but it's not to add problem to people, you see. Yeah. So when I have problem, I, I would retract. I would hide myself from the crowd. So if my friend doesn't hear from me for a while, they know Argentina is going to a rough path. Because, <laughs> um, but when I'm happy, then I'm coming out and meet people again. Yeah. And so yes. And how do I help myself? Obviously, you know, I spend a decent time in personal development course. Mm-hmm. I did probably like two years of that, and then after that, I kind of you know I have the basic to be able to build on. So I do a lot of that self-help. I even do, at some point, I did the daily affirmations, which mm-hmm. I don't do religiously now, but occasionally when I feel like before I go to like a, a meeting and I need to be on my top shape, I would mm-hmm. just turn on the video and do that self-affirmation just to boost myself up. And also I'm surrounded myself by like-minded people who have the same you know kind of positive level of energy Mm -hmm. and as soon as I meet them as soon as I talk to them they bring my energy right up to that level and I love you know like to be surrounded by you know like-minded people. Mm -hmm. I love that and I want to unpack a few of those rituals and practices because I really believe that's going to help our listeners today. So firstly you mentioned that you internalize your thoughts and you just need that time and I think that's also necessary. We are not robots at the end of the day and if that's how you process your problems then that's something that I find that a lot of people do. You know there's some that will vocalize and others that will internalize I also love the fact that you mentioned affirmations as well. So just for my listeners out there, have you got a favorite anchoring affirmation that you can share with them that you use on a regular basis (laughs) that um, they can be inspired by? (laughs) um, I think it's just the general health, you know, like, and also the Mm -hmm. self-confidence, self-belief, that kind of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, wonderful. And the other aspect is really about what you shared that you surround yourself with positive people who will elevate your spirit, especially when the going gets tough. It's, you know, I like to call it an accountability group or a community of people with like minded visions and, you know, aspirations so you can be that best version. What sort of advice would you give to anybody who's starting out in business? Oh, I have a long list, obviously, you know, I make countless of mistakes and I certainly want everyone else to avoid them if they Mm. can. But I think maybe the top two, perhaps, one is underestimate your financial projections. So always raise more uh, money than you need Mm -hmm. because you never know how long you're going to be on the bootstrap or how long it will take you to build a business to the level that you can find the next funding. And then, of course, you know, like in terms of the business itself, just making sure that you do as much research at the beginning so that you get your value proposition right and be able to clearly explain it. Because if not, then you're going to find out that 
going to take you longer from to get A to B because you're going to spend a lot of time trying to pivot your business at the beginning. Mm. And that's um, sadly, you know, every day you spend time doing the pivoting, you're losing money every day. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you for coming to the Unshakable Resilience Show, Jantana. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you and understand how you operate as a leader. And I'm sure the listeners have taken some valuable, rich insights. If you have found this podcast valuable, be sure to share it with someone in your network who may benefit too. For more information, please visit www.unshakableresilience.co.uk.